Hello, everybody. My name is Jared. And my name is Elle. And we're here in Saskatoon in the New Leaf studio, aka my dining room. Stunning. Yeah, it's amazing. It's amazing in here. And uh, we're about to have New Leaf leadership team meetings. Those are going to be starting. And uh, exciting time of year. Always great meetings. And that's a weird thing to say because not a lot of people love the meetings. I love meetings. But we do have really good ones. We do. And uh, Oh, welcome to the podcast, by the oh, way. Oh, yeah, right. We we're just I was just kind of starting right in there. It's all right. Welcome, everybody, to our podcast, which is called what, L? The New Leaf Project. Yeah, yeah. We tell the stories of Canadian starters and planters from all across Canada. It's true. And today's a very special episode because we're interviewing each other, I guess. We're talking, we're just talking about stuff today. So we're looking back. Much to the joy of the listeners. Yes. Yes. Uh, So, so be joyful. (laughs) Please and thanks. (laughs) So we're looking back at the year that was 2018. A year that wasn't actually filled with a lot of podcast episodes, hey? It wasn't. What was going on there? Well, we had, uh, well, first we should talk about my very strange voice. Oh yeah, let's do that. I I have the 30 day cold. Oh, congratulations. I don't recommend you get it. If someone offers it to you, you politely decline. Say no, kids. No, thank you. So I apologize if I sound a bit like a goose here, but uh, the podcast, yes. So for a number of years, we had a great uh, podcast editor named Jim. Shout out to Jim. Hey, Jim. Thank you, Jim. Love you, Jim. And uh, Jim couldn't help us anymore because he got a full-time gig and Mm -hmm. had to move along. And so we uh, were without an editor for a while. We had uh, someone named Matt who stepped in for it, did a few episodes, but we were without a podcast editor for a while. Like a dedicated... 24-7, 24-7, because it's a 24-7 job, editing us. It's grueling, really. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so uh, the podcast was a little absent in 2018. But it wasn't just because of an editor, though. It's New true. Leaf Network is changing. It's true. And you and I got caught up in some of those changes. Got a little busy this year. Yes, we did. A little busy. Not that the other years felt not busy. No, it's true. But it just seemed to move at a quick pace. And so we're going to be back on track in 2019. We sure are. We have a new editor named Mike. Shout out, Mike. Hey, Mike. Love you, Mike. Thanks, man. And uh, hopefully we're going to be uh, back on track with uh, these episodes because it's so encouraging and inspiring to hear stories from people. And uh, I know I really enjoy listening to the podcast, so we get a lot of feedback about it. And uh, we're grateful that people tune in. And so we want to keep highlighting the voices of people all across Canada that are doing interesting things. And this year we've had uh, lots of people writing in to tell us about uh, what the podcast means to them. And I got to be honest, when, when you first suggested this crazy idea of doing a podcast, I, I, I don't always think your ideas are good, Elle. I know. I'll admit that. That's all I'll right. I'll admit that. That's okay. Um, but you had a good one this time. Well, I normally do. So, well, you know, well, don't. Someone had to join you. <laughs> it was me. And it was you. Well, and I'm not sure that was a good idea. It's true. <laughs> for, for either of us, really. <laughs> it's true. <laughs> but yes, neither of us were sure the podcast was going to be what it has become. That's right. for sure. And it, and it can feel funny uh, being on a podcast uh, because you don't know 
who is listening. And, uh, and so people have started reaching out to us and it's been, uh, it's been mind blowing to Mm me. Yep. We've had stories of, of people, um, in other countries who were wondering if God was calling them to plant a church in the great old Canadian North. And they listened to our podcast and decided that they would do it even after listening to our podcast. So that's great. It's encouraging. For yeah. sure it is. So we're grateful for everyone who listens and who lets us know what they're enjoying and who've contributed their stories and their voices to it over the past few years. So we are grateful uh, for the podcast. And really, I mean, those of you who listen to us know that this isn't the format, just Jared and Al talking very often. We're here to listen to stories and uh, we've got a lot of great episodes uh, in the bank lined up. And, uh, so we weren't, while we were searching for an editor, we, we weren't, you know, uh, gathering moss. We were out there, uh, looking for stories to tell. And so if you friends out there in uh, podcast land, uh, think, you know, of somebody who should be on this, on this podcast, we'd love to interview them. Um, what we find about Canadians, Canadians rarely put up their hand to say, yeah, I got something to say. And often it requires somebody telling on you um, before you'll notice that you might have a story to tell. And so what we need you to do is spy on each other out there. And if you see someone doing something cool, something small, something big, something that uh, is easy, something that's challenging, anything that you think uh, our listeners would be into, we, w- we want to put that uh, out there for Canadians to be encouraged by. And now it turns out Australians and Americans and uh, people all over the world, really, uh, tuning into to what God is up to here. So that's uh, 2018 has been a, a crazy year. Let's talk a little bit about that because our network has really shifted uh, from the early days of New Leaf Network. Can you talk a little bit? We're going to do a full episode on this sometime, talk about the the origin story of the New Leaf Network. But if you rewind the tape back to, say, 2015 or 2016, L, what, what was going on in our life back then? What, what were we trying to do? What did we imagine this was going to be about? Yeah, you know, I don't really know if I had full co- concrete thoughts of what this was going to be. Um, but uh, as many of you know, I had been around Startup World, so I had seen ideas that uh, in seed formation turn into big and great things. There's a, uh, even right now, there's a company that I, um, I, I was a- around in the early days, and I remember them being in the incubator uh, in, in, in Waterloo, and now they're one of the biggest tech companies in town in wow. like seven years. So I've seen great ideas turn into good things. So I believed in this crazy idea that it could turn into something, but I don't know that I really... Th- fully imagined that it would be this yeah what we're experiencing now yeah for sure and a lot of my friends uh who who plant churches they describe it in much the same way my uh one of my favorite descriptions joe manifo came up with this i wrote about this in the book but he he said when i decided i wanted to plant a church i just got a little packet of seeds on it that said church and i put it in the ground and something popped up and some of it was stuff that i recognized and always longed for and some of it was stuff that i was never knew I wanted. And some of it's a little bit challenging. 
And, uh, you know, in startup world, you, you don't honestly know, you can't plot the course exactly of where things are going to go. So in those early days, what I remember is that you and I would just try stuff and see if it stuck. And the podcast is one of the simplest ways we could just start getting a message out there that we want to pay attention to what's going on in Canada and to tell Canadians that something cool is going on. Um, and back in those days, uh, it, it essentially it was us pushing stuff out to the world, hoping that there was someone listening on the other end and, uh, uh, got the, the website started. Um, back in those days, there was no Amy Bratton. Shout out to Amy. We love you. Um, uh, who is our blog editor and she is keeping us, uh, well organized back in those days. It was, uh, mostly denominational leaders who were looking to help each other create sort of church planning resources. And then things shifted for us a little bit in 2017. Why don't you talk about what happened in 2017? Do you remember those days back in those? Oh, all the way back? All the way back. I remember feeling like it became um, more pl maybe planter-centric or people who were actually on the ground practitioner-based that were connecting in with us. Um, and it felt like more people got involved. Uh, we did a few learning parties, church plant design shop grew, went mm -hmm. out east, went out west. Yeah. Um, and so more and more people uh, were connecting in that way. And it also felt like um, we were positioning ourselves to be people who are curating conversations or trying yeah. to think through what might be coming down the pipe. So that's where the nuns and duns conversation came from. Um, and also in the company of women, that was sort of our, yep. our debut ball. Yep was was in the company women that one honestly it took us both uh aback by just the, the 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 level of interest that people showed and uh uh it was it was amazing to to uh that was a little idea you and I talked about on 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 an episode of this podcast if I don't remember which number it is. So it's early numbers. You're, yeah, you'll have to under ten. Yeah, you'll have to give a listen back then, where Elle and I were just talking about it, and, and the idea was uh, going having a, a women's conference that men actually show up to, and then that was sort of the seed idea for in the company of women, yep. which we talked about the the challenges of men and women sharing leadership together. It's a beautiful moment. Sarah Bessie came out. Um, that was a big uh, a moment for you. You'd been a, a, a long term. Not that I didn't like Sarah Bessie, but you you were especially a big fan of her. Oh hers. yeah, from back in the day when she was emerging mummy on her on her blog. Back when blogs were like that before podcast days. Mm -hmm. That was how people were connecting, and I remember connecting him with her all those years ago. So it was really cool to get to spend some time with her and to hear not just her voice, but all of the voices of women who are in ministry and men who had been encouraged by women and men and women who are sharing that leadership together. So yeah, it was a, it was a powerful day mm -hmm. of hearing from husbands and wives who work together meaningfully in the ministry. Sometimes it's the husband who's, who's leading. Sometimes it's the, it's the wife that's leading. Uh, you and I ch talked about being, uh, working together, partnering together, but we're not, we're not married. Uh, um, and uh, we heard from uh, Canadian historians and two, actually, and, and a, a number of women just surprised us with their incredible speaking ability. I mean, Canada always blows my mind. I, 
is a, I don't want to get too, uh, too nationalistic or patriotic here, but, uh, I love the quiet still waters of Canada. I like our self-effacing, um, nature, but man, there's some really cool things going on in this country that really like make me so excited. Yep. 2017 was a good year. Yeah. And we did the pre-conference to Church Planning Canada in Montreal. And that was actually a really big deal for us. Our friend Graham Singh uh, from Church Planning Canada Network took a chance on us kids uh, and said, why don't you guys do this pre-conference? And uh, l- many people hadn't heard of us at that point. Um, and we uh, we had about 200 people in the room. Um and we were talking about something that was really near and dear to both of our hearts, which is the story of secularity in Canada. And why that matters to Elle and I is that both of us have friends who are living lives with God and Jesus, not the center of the of that in, in any any religion whatsoever. Yep. And for many, for both of us, we have stories of friends who used to be. Uh, Christians who are no longer. And uh, that was, uh, we were just kind of searching our hearts and wondering about that. And we had some really great friends in the Anglican church that uh, also helped us on that day. Um, Fresh Expressions Canada folks were, were very generous with their time. Can you talk a little bit about that day and, and, and kind of what happened? And, and cause it really, that moment launched 2018 in a big way. Yeah, for sure. So that event was really, we were curating uh, the conversation. We, we had the opportunity to have uh, speakers with us like uh, Joel Thiessen and uh, Sarah wilkins Flem. We were able to interview them and then uh, Jamie Robertson. And uh, who both, both uh, Joel, sorry to interrupt, but both Joel and Sarah are on previous podcast yes. episodes as well. Yep. Yeah, and uh, and and Jamie being there with his perspective on the history of, of Christianity and and how we kind of got here, and then what do we do in as a result of that? Karen Wilk was a part of that day mm-hmm. as well. So absolutely it, brilliant. It was uh, it was just a really exciting day to feel like we had tapped into something that other people it wasn't just us that were wondering about it. Yeah, um, and it was really a privilege to be able to give academics the stage um, mm-hmm. and be able to share their good good research yeah. um, and able to disseminate it, I guess you would say, to something that was actually useful yeah. for um, people who are in ministry. And I thought that was a real, a real privilege. And it was really great to partner with Fresh Expressions and mm-hmm. to be amongst a lot of denominational leaders and church planters who, um, this is, these are our neighbors, these are our neighborhoods, mm-hmm. this is the reality, like we said, our family and friends. Yeah. So we're not talking about um, just st- statistics. We're talking about names and faces of people that we know. And so to understand their story and to share in that conversation, I think is um, still a profound conversation that we need to be having. And, you know, from, from you know, I remember talking to, uh, so when you go to a, a denominational leaders event, it it's, uh, you know, there's a system at work that puts men and specifically white men in charge. But, um you know, meeting with denominational leaders, talking to fathers, really, at the end of that, when we talked openly and honestly about uh, what's going on and what's shifting and, and uh, 
uh, it was a challenging day for a lot of us who have specific assumptions about how the church is supposed to work and how we're supposed to live in the world. But to, at the end of the day, some, when, when, uh, when Christians come face to face with, with the truth, it sets you free in a way. And I talked to fathers there that, that, you know, longed for understanding what was going on in the hearts and minds of their kids. And, uh, that was a profound experience, and it was very humanizing. This wasn't, uh, uh, you know, that's not New Leaf Network style, is to try and call the church back into the culture war or get angry at people that are leaving, but just to honestly uh, mourn, I think, and, and to, to think through what the implications are for, for how we are the church in Canada. And, and I saw something emotional happen. I saw something... Um, uh, spiritual happen at the at the end of that day, and a lot of people said, "You know what? This was so good. We need. I need my people to know about this." And so we had lots of denominational leaders uh, invite us out to go and do things. And Joel and Sarah, who are uh, um, doing, so they're two Canadian sociologists of religion. Um, they study the Canadian context specifically and uh, the growth of secularity. And um, what was really fascinating for me is that they were one of the, uh, they, they were meeting in, I believe it was in Victoria, at the University of Victoria, and uh, they were doing a research project. They're going to have a book coming out. So friends, uh, definitely pay attention to that book coming out. It's going to be awesome uh, when it publishes. Um, but the publishing world's so slow, man. They've had these ideas for, they'll be bored of these ideas by the time the book comes right. out. Don't tell anybody that, but that's, I think that's sometimes how it works. But they invited us out to Victoria, um, said, we're going to be on the island. Is there anybody who wants to have this conversation? And that also, that kind of kick-started uh, part of our tour of, of this idea. Absolutely. Of, of talking about the growth of secularity. So why don't you talk about some of your highlights from our tour? Sure. So 2018, we got to take that Nuns and Duns uh, event. We went to Victoria. We went to... Um, I guess not, it wasn't Vancouver, it was Surrey. Surrey. Yeah. And, uh, and out to Calgary yeah. and then to Toronto. Mm-hmm. And so that was kind of our, our little tour that we all got to do together. And we had been in Mississauga too in February. Oh, that's right. Yeah, yeah that's right. Yeah. So that kind of, that, that, that really did launch that a lot of things in, in 2018 was that, that Church Plant Canada event. And um, a lot of the highlights for me was seeing the, um, like cross-denominational representation. Oh yeah, that was so beautiful. And people being in the room together who um, hadn't been in the room together in a long time. Mm-hmm. Um, and seeing denominations from all across Canada represented and that conversation resonating with them was really encouraging for me. And um, it was encouraging that we were, we had the, like, I felt very honored and privileged to be a part of it. It felt like something really special was happening and it was giving language to things that people had sensed and felt, especially our, our BC friends, West coast, they, they really feel that reality of the nuns and duns, even in a more profound way than we do here Mm -hmm. or here, I guess I'm in Saskatoon out East. Right. And so, but the numbers are like literally double on, on specifically on the Island, but for, for most of, of British Columbia, the numbers 
of people who are secular. I think it's up around 45%. Right. So it's not that we were explaining something they didn't know, but it was just giving language to the, and then what do we do in light of this? And how do we now live in light of this reality? And um, so I think that was really one of my highlights. What about you? Well, I want to piggyback on that because that was like when, when we, when friends told us, you guys understand that this was a, this is a very special group that's in this room right now that are not often together. I think it was a moment where I had a sense, a deep sense that the spirit was communicating with us to say, this is what I want you to do. I want you to bring together. I want you to be a space where, um, it's often not the dead center of denominations, it's not denominational leaders. Often it's it's people at the margins, but to create a space for us to meet in the middle. And that was a, that was a profound experience for me, uh, hearing the, 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 the need for it and the, the excitement around uh, bringing people together. And so that kind of, uh, that launched uh, several other things that, that we've been working on. Um, uh, so we, so we had 200 people in, in, uh, in Montreal, we thought that was a big deal. But when we took these little smaller conversations across country, we wound up having 300 people, uh, attend and, and, and connect to this training and connect to this information and connect to this story, uh, all through 2018. I thought that was a, I was, uh, that was a, that was a revelation for me as well is that, um, Sometimes you have this idea that you have to put on these big conferences to get Canadians' attention. But if you can do lots of smaller events, you can actually cover more ground. Yeah. Uh, it's a little bit more challenging and a little bit more on the logistics side of things. You Correct. have to do a bit more planning. But uh, I thought that was worth it. And I loved those conversations. And again, mothers, fathers, brothers, sisters, cousins, aunts, uncles, they were all reflecting. And this is a personal story for us in Canada and uh, I, I just loved um, being a part of that. The design shop? Yeah. So that was also awesome. So the design shop is, is a two-day event where we help starters and planters think about uh, getting their idea off the ground. Now, it started as church planting material, but as time goes on, we're starting to see churches that need a reboot are starting to show up and ask questions. And, and even people who are maybe not going to be starting something that becomes a church, but how do you take an idea and, and gather a group of people around that idea and pull it off? Design Shop is older than really even the New, New Leaf Network, um, but and it's our mainstay. Um, and we're going to have, uh, we had several last year, um, and this year, no exception, uh, we're going to have one in Ontario, one in British Columbia, and then uh, one here in Saskatoon at uh, Horizon College. I'm really excited about that one too because we're getting to offer uh, this stuff as uh, four credit training uh, as part of a, a Bible college. So that's uh, that's been a new one too. And then uh, why don't you talk a little bit about learning parties because learning parties have been something we've been doing for a long time. And uh, uh, we did a bunch in Ontario in 2016 and yep. 2017. Uh, amazing experiences, but these have really like caught hold for us uh, in 2018, some pretty special ways. So why don't you talk about that? You, you were at one in Victoria. Yeah. That was uh, amazing. 
It was, it was amazing. So it's been really encouraging. Uh, you know, we mentioned earlier how we felt at the very beginning that it was often you and I that were trying to push things out. And it feels like in 2018, we've had a lot more people that have kind of caught hold of what we're trying to do and take it on their own and kind of change it and adapt it. And uh, it's been really encouraging. We've used that statement a lot to use our network to build your own, at least internally we have. And we actually saw people do that this year. And the learning party was one of the ways that that happened. So there was a learning party out in Victoria that was led by our good friend, Rob Crosby Shear. And there was a hundred people that came and uh, it wasn't just a one day. He made it into a two day and it was incredible and uh, really encouraging to see people from a few, even a few people from the States came, uh, people from the mainland and out in Victoria with a hundred people talking about church planting and how to start new things and encouraging people and hearing the stories of things that are already started. And uh, that was, uh, that was one of my favorite events in 2018. What I love about the Rob story is that Rob was a listener and a reader, uh, of ours, he, he connected with us online, uh, and then eventually he 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 put up his hand and and he became, uh, you know, even uh, and a, a, I don't know what the what word I'm looking for here, but um, I just love I love the idea that that people are so you're listening to us today and maybe you've got an idea and maybe uh, maybe you need some help in getting that idea off the ground. I love the idea that some of our listeners may become our, our future partners. Absolutely. Uh, and that's, that's who Rob has definitely become for us. He's a, he's a big cheerleader of us. And uh, we're going to be out in Victoria a lot in 2019, I'm sure. And, in, and in, on mainland too, uh, due in no small part to uh, Rob putting up his hand and wanting to get things started. Absolutely. So it's very and then cool. We had a learning party, very similar. Uh, someone took a hold of that in Kingston, Brandon, Brandon Laird. And uh, that thing went really well as well. That was kind of a two day different event, had a bigger event on the Friday night with mm-hmm. about 120 people. And then the, the more intensive learning party on the Saturday with 50. And it's just incredible. What a privilege to show up in these cities and hear the stories. Like mm-hmm. I, I know nothing about Kingston and I feel like I learned an awful lot and there, there, there are some great things that are happening in that city and people connecting and people again, cross denominationally saying, Hey, you're the guy that has that church on the corner, man. I always wondered who was there and they met. And so at our learning party, so that those were really encouraging to see people having those regional events. That was, uh, that was also very interesting, uh, just from a studying Canadians perspective, um, we don't know each other very well. And sometimes really cool things are going on in our neighborhoods and in cities we don't even know about. And one of my favorite parts of that Kingston learning party was talking to people who are like, I didn't know that was, I didn't know you were doing, oh my God, that's so, that's so amazing what you're doing. And, and uh, we help people form connections and they lived side by side. You had an experience like that at uh, uh, Reimagine in Hamilton. Yeah, that was another event yeah. that we were at this year in Hamilton at the Reimagine event and very similar st- uh, sharing stories that are happening in the neighborhood. And I was uh, helping out with the event and looked up on the screen and thought, wait a minute, it's my neighborhood. Yeah, this is just a, a, a guy presenting on his church plant, right? I was like, wait a second. That's like 
three streets over from me. <laughs> Who is that guy? And I did know of Tom, but I didn't realize that he had uh, officially started something in my neighborhood. So I had a good chuckle and, and went over and talked to him about it. But it was, uh, w- you know, that's not a trite saying that when we say that is that we really don't know one another. No, it's the honest truth. And the, and the thing is, Al, you know, in your defense, it's not that you don't pay attention. No, I actually care. <laughs> you care about this and you go looking for it and it still caught you off guard. Yeah. And I, 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 that's the thing that we want to encourage people with is, um, you know, if you do look at the statistics of where the church is at in Canada, yeah, there's a lot, uh, to, to, to be, well, frankly, a little bit depressed about, right. Um, we aren't marching from one victory to the next. Um, it is hard to be the church in Canada. Um, But that is not the whole story. The other part of the story is that God is raising up people, Mm -hmm. men and women all across Canada, that are doing something about it. And Mm -hmm. it is such a privilege for us to uh, tell those stories, share those stories, encourage you with those stories, because I know that God wants you to do something. I know that God has has placed an idea or, or something in your way, and it's something for you to get done. And uh, so that's what we want to encourage you to, to continue to do that. And when you listen to our stories, when you listen to this podcast, I hope it feeds your imagination. I hope it inspires you. Um, and then we had one more thing that we worked at this year that I think is totally thrilling as well. So this is another th- a moment where I felt like the Spirit revealed to us who we were. I think that's one of the fun things about starting a new ministry. When, when, you, when you live life of the Spirit, when, when you obey those promptings, when you pay attention to what God is doing, um, it's amazing what you find. There's no blueprint for this when you follow the wind, but uh, um, amazing things happen. And uh, so this, was a, this, this is a, 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 a highlight for me for 2018 and, and part of 2017. We had some friends uh, who were, um, uh, so I had two friends who were wanting to write a, a, a book on uh, bivocational ministry, what they call tent making ministry. Uh, if you're if you're unfamiliar with what I'm talking about, basically what's happening is a lot of pastors and church leaders have to uh, have two jobs in order to support uh, their their ministry. Um, and, uh, it's a challenging way to live. L lives this life. Uh, I kind of live this life as a denominational leader, but also as the director of the new leaf network, lots of really great people that we know live this kind of life. And, um, you know, this denomination's asking that question. My, my denomination, the free Methodist church in Canada, it was, it was part of our, our, this is what we got to focus in the next in the next few years is what we need to focus on because 50% of our churches, if they were to, um, if they were to post for a job tomorrow would not be hiring full time. And so this is like, it's, isn't some fictitious thing. This is a reality for free Methodists and it's a reality for planters. In in my denomination, 90% of our church planters are bivocational, trivocational, right? Um, and so we just had denominational leaders. We had uh, Canadian academics. We had just friends who were really interested in what do we do about this 
conversation? Who can help us understand how to do this well or understand, is this a problem? I think that's a, that's a, that's a worthy debate. And so what New Leaf did was, uh, we're not the smartest people in the world, but we uh, know some of them. <laughs> and uh, uh, we just got everybody talking. And out of that came this thing called the Canadian Bivocational Ministry Project. And uh, we're right in the research phase of it. We're conducting interviews with bivocational leaders. Uh, and in 2019, you're going to hear some amazing interviews from uh, courageous people who are out there working several jobs in order to support what they feel is their mission, God's, God's mission that he's given them uh, in, in the Canadian context. Uh, so this, is, this has gone from sort of somebody ought to do something about this, couple of scattered people to like uh, an alliance of, of sometimes even unlikely organizations that are really interested in, in getting this off of the ground. And there we were helping provide administrative support and, and uh, helping give shape to that conversation, but also just our friends grabbing this and going with it. And that's what I'm so excited about is that there are more and more people who are just grabbing things and going with it. I think that's what the, the future looks like. And that's what got us to this point. So, Elle, I think we're, we need to wind some things down. So any, oh, you go ahead. You well, get, I was going to say, we need to men- mention the discernment. Oh, right. It's another yes. big part of 2018. Yes, it is. And that was another yep. just kind of like conversation out in the, I, man, so many things are going on. You can even forget that a couple of them are going on. We have to have everything written down. We had to make a list. We made a list. It's not even on the list. It's not list. even on the list. Well, tell me a little bit about, just quickly about that, because really that idea for the discernment process has been around for a while. Yeah, it has. So in church planting world, if you are contemplating a call to be a church planter, um, you know, lots of us ask, do I have this? Am I called to this? Do I have the gifts and graces to do this? And uh, uh, in the church planning world, there are, um, well, there's, a, there's this process called assessment. Uh, and this is my, now, I'm not, people don't universally agree with my opinion on assessment. Um, but I have an opinion on assessment, and it's not very positive. Um, I have had uh, church planters come up to me and say, don't ever do that to me again. Hmm. Um, there is a, you know, imagine you go away for a weekend with your spouse, you're, 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 you're wondering, do I have what it takes to be a planter? And then imagine you're in a room and they give you, people stand around you with clipboards and they make you do like weird projects and exercises. And then they write things down and then they tell you whether or not you're called to be a planter. And most of the people that do this are very kind. And I've met people that have found this process very invigorating and thrilling. But I've also just seen carnage from doing it this way. And um, for me, there's a couple things that are a little bit wrongheaded about where assessment goes. And again, friends, this this is not necessarily an applauded opinion for many other people. Uh, This is controversial, what I'm saying. But the two things that I don't like about the way assessment currently works, the first is that it makes the denomination the main customer. Um, And uh, planters don't necessarily leave assessments feeling confident that they can do this. Mm -hmm. Um, 
And I think that's the wrong customer. I think, I think we need to put planters first and uh, take risks um, and just know that that comes with the territory of church planting. The second thing that I think uh, assessment gets wrong is that it, it has pre, um, presuppositions at its heart. It assumes it knows what kind of church Canada needs at this point. And then it even assumes what kind of leader can lead that kind of a church. And what I'm seeing out there is that we need way more innovation than we've mustered yet. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I would say Canadians are very innovative people, but we haven't even scratched the surface of the kinds of innovations we need to mm-hmm. uh, enact if we're going to navigate this new world. And so um, uh, assessment assumes it knows what kind of church and what kind of planter. And I think that is patently ridiculous for where we're headed. We're heading into uncharted territory as the church. So these are my own personal opinions, but lo and behold, lots of planters have them. Lots of denominational leaders are are looking for something new. They've listened to their planters. Their planters have said that was terrible. Even ones that pass said that was terrible. So what we did was we gathered together a group of people that wanted to talk about this and start doing something different about it. And doing something different is a real challenge, but uh, because we're reinventing the wheel in many ways, we're rebuilding this from the ground up. So we got that, we started convening that conversation, which again, weird thing the spirits revealed to us is something we can do. Uh, convene conversations and, uh, and I'll, I'll pass over to you because I, (laughs) I gave you this assignment uh, to uh, help lead us. Yeah. No, it was, it was an honor to be a part of it. And really then we just created a a cross denominational design team that was full of uh, church planters and, um, and some denominational leaders and some spiritual directors. And we designed something from the ground up that would be a bit more contemplative that would, you know, be three kind of different modules that people can go away for a weekend, three different weekends with their spouse or with their um, core team or with friends and family that are supporting them in this endeavor. And they carve out some time together with a group of other people who are considering this work and discern together. There's lots of exercises and I'm making a very more complicated process, a little more simplified for lack of, for our t- sorry time here, but um, essentially then do some reading and some connecting and really we're just creating this um, spot where for eight months you, you spend some time discerning and really um, making sure that you're confident of what God's called you to do with a bit more of a contemplative flair, a less, less assessment, more, yeah, it's, more, more contemplative. It's very, it's less focused on sort of church growth principles and more focused on, have you heard from the Holy spirit and, and are you open to that? And have you got those conditions? Are you listening well? We have some wonderful spiritual directors that are helping us head that up, Jeff and Jan Steckley. And uh, we're actually doing our first trial in the beginning of 2019 uh, with a group of, of potential planters. So, And the hope is that that would then spin off into not just something for church planters, yeah. but would also be for people who are just trying to follow the next move that God mm-hmm. might have for them in any area of ministry, even if that's starting something new or starting something new in an existing congregation or just people who need to have some time away to consider what might be next. Yeah, I think it's going to be a brilliant, uh, a brilliant addition to what New Leaf has to offer uh, Canadian leaders. So and as you can tell, 2018 was a little busy. Yeah, it was a little busy. And I, you know, I, I know this is not an excuse and we're not in the business of making excuses, but this is, this is our explanation <laughs> of what happened to our podcast. 
Um, and we promise you, friends, we are going to have uh, lots of content for you in 2019. And it's going to be exciting. We've got an exciting year ahead of us. 2019 looks as explosive as 2018. Uh, we're, we're heading into brand new territory, and we're so excited. So, And we just want to encourage you, when you listen to these conversations and you hear about all this stuff, some of you are like diehard people. You find all this really interesting, but some of you have kind of glazed over. You know, we just want to encourage you, as Jared said earlier, to take the first step. Because a few years ago, uh, this was not a thing. This was really just right. an idea. And we put our hand up and said, okay we'll give this a shot. And other people put their hands up and said, all right, we'll give this a shot. And together we've just collectively taken steps forward and listened to what the spirit is saying and followed. And we are not experts. Um, and we want this podcast to also model for you that we, we kind of started a thing and that you too can start a thing mm -hmm. by taking the next step, by praying, by discerning, by finding a group of people that you can try it out with. Give us a call. Let us know. We'd be happy to pray for you or happy to connect you with anybody. But we want to encourage you. If, if we can do it, you can do it too. And uh, we want to encourage you when you listen to this. I mean, you hear all these stories throughout 2019. And even if you listen to the back catalog, that if God's calling you to something, and I'm pretty sure he probably is, you can do it. Take that next step. Amen. Put your hand up and say yes, friends. Do it. L, my final question. If people want to get connected with the New Leaf conversation, how do they do it? Best place to keep track of us is our website, www.newleafnetwork.ca. That'll be our events, our blog, um, anything that's really going on new with our content stuff, you can check it out there. We try to keep Facebook and Twitter active. We sometimes even try to Instagram. I know it's crazy. We're going to try and do better at We're Instagram try to in 2019. Do but more the only, pictures. More pictures. But the only thing you really own in life is your, your domain. So we always try to keep our website pretty active. Awesome. Well, thank you, friends, for tuning in and giving us a listen. Thanks for being with us in 2018. We look forward to being with you in 2019. Bye, friends. Bye-bye. Yeah.